Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Divs. Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to share a quick update regarding this week's episode. Our foray back into the boiling aisles is on hold, and we're very sorry to delay this week's episode, but Cassidy had a family emergency and our recording was postponed. We'll definitely be back on Wednesday, July 12th with episode 101, The Owl House Season 3, but for this week, we are putting up an already uh, posted episode, Black Panther, which is one of our favorite episodes uh, and also a fan favorite movie. So we hope you enjoy this. And uh, as always, thank you so much for supporting us. And until next time. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy and as always I'm joined by my lovely co-host Divs. Hey guys! This week we are super excited to get into one of the best Marvel movies oh my God, I think yes. I've ever seen. Oh God, yes! <laughs> and uh, in honor of the new film coming out, we thought we would revisit the amazing Black Panther. We are so excited to get into oh all God. things related to this. Yes. But um, before we do, just our usual disclaimer slash spoiler warning. This movie is not super recent. It came out like what, 2017, 2018? 2018. I think 2018, yeah. if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a minute, but um, it. if you obviously haven't seen the movie or if you're not super familiar with the MCU, uh, our usual spoiler warning applies. We're getting into... <laughs> as much yes. as we can which is usually everything oh my God. <laughs> so um but it breaks also, my heart to watch this movie now it really does because I oh know my God. it's it's so bizarre to think that like we had such a like great like I, I don't even know how to like phrase this but like just casting yeah. wise like this movie did such a good job uh, and Chadwick Boseman was perfect for Chadwick, the Chadwick man oh but, my god yeah. I cannot explain how shocking it was in 2020 when we heard that he was just gone I was like what for real like I just I know it was yeah. just like mind-boggling that something yeah like that could happen um especially because i i think as far as i'm aware anyway he hadn't like told anybody it was something that he like he like worked through and oh my um, yeah that's the thing like yeah like no but like not even i mean obviously like his i think his wife and his family knew but um i don't know that he told any of his castmates maybe i don't even know if he told his friends to be honest but it's just like mind-boggling to me that um he can he could have worked through something like that because uh unfortunately cancer can be very debilitating and it can be um, especially with chemo and all the treatments that you undertake it can literally drain you and i'm like and unfortunately, yeah, and- colon cancer is something that is so, like, there's no, I don't think it, it, there's any remission for it. I, I, I don't even know. But, like, damn it, man. Like, it didn't, even his very last performance in Marini's Black Bottom, like, holy shit, this man, I, I can't. Yeah, I, just... I mean, the. 
like that's the other thing too. I mean, he was acting, I think, right up until I think he physically couldn't. But this movie in particular, I think, was a very physical role, I would imagine, very demanding. So to me, it's just like mind blowing that he could have kind of endured all of that and then just not said a word. And like looking at him, you wouldn't even have known, or at least it's not even this. It was, I mean, if you look at it, because Infinity War and Endgame came (laughs) after this, and he did stuff for that too. That is ridiculous, man. Like, yeah but that. i think i mean the the one thing about infinity war and endgame or at least like the benefit i guess is like it's an ensemble cast so there's so many different players Still, or like actors yeah, that they couldn't focus just on him so yeah i mean those roles were not any less physical but like this was like he was the lead of this entire oh, movie yeah and, like, exactly the entire movie exactly. was about him mm-hmm. so to me it's just like insane that he was able to do all of this and like not have or like not yeah I don't know, like, not somehow... Not give any of them an inkling of what was going on. Right, yeah. And I think even for, like, I mean, I think, yeah, for me, especially as a viewer, because, like, I didn't know of... No Most people didn't know, but, like, it's even just, like, picking up signs, like, when it was happening, I didn't pick up on certain things, but now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and now that we know, like, you go back and, like, watch certain interviews and stuff, and it's, like, Mm. kind of obvious that he's, like... Going through something. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just... um. Yeah, it's it's amazing that he like was able to make any movies to be honest and he didn't have to in the sense like it taking care of his health probably should have been the priority and I'm sure it was and I mean, it he worked was. through as much as he could but and yeah um, I think like I said I, I I don't know much about colon cancer but as far as what what I do know is that this is the kind of cancer that basically it's like a death sentence it just is because there's nothing there that can that you can do like it's it's like pancreatic cancer unfortunately because if something happens to that you're like that's it it's done you can't yeah unfortunately and i hate that, and I hate that. yeah and I think he he was definitely taken from us uh, too soon. And I mean, I think even oh, if he yeah. stopped acting, like it's still too soon. So it's yeah. this one is really gonna hit hard. I think, especially because you it know did. Wakanda Forever is like oh, just around, around the corner, the corner. and mm. it's it's such a like stark contrast to when we saw yeah. the trailers for the first movie come out. And like oh obviously he was in all of them. This one he's like featured very minimally for multiple reasons. But um, I think so uh, hard even it yeah. yeah. And, like, that's the, like, thing that I always find kind of find, like, I don't want to say amazing, but I don't know quite how to describe this. Like, I didn't know him personally. Most viewers, I would imagine, didn't know him personally. But I feel like we're all going to go in the theater and we're still going to feel his loss as if we had known him personally. Yes, that's um, what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'll be watching this movie next week and bawling my eyes out because he's not there. I'm fully, fully (laughs) expecting it because... I mean, phase four has been nothing but like, okay. <laughs> um, it's, there's been some like, I mean, there's been some really like great lighthearted moments, obviously, but it, like every movie has just done something to like further either one character's pain or like destroy or tear up the universe oh, in some way that's going to have like serious consequences and it's going to like screw up things for the other characters somewhere oh, down the line. So I'm just like God. fully expecting that I'm going to need yeah. a tissue box. The, I think Maybe you too. mentioned something about just getting an empty popcorn tub so you can cry into it or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just joking. I was like, because like the early reviews, the critics, I think were saying that it was like very emotional. And I was like, just, I'll just take the bucket. I don't need the popcorn. And then like, I'll use it to like collect my tears because I don't think a can full of tissues are going to like do anything. (laughs) But uh... with all this aside, guys, because this is all going to happen for Wakanda forever. But we're here today to discuss the first movie, Black Panther, which was such a cultural phenomenon because like, oh my God, like I I cannot explain to you how cool it was to see something like this and how it galvanized. I wouldn't say, I don't know if I should say galvanized, but it, it meant so much to Black people all over the world to see something like this, right? Because, I mean representation matters we've known that we we've absolutely known that but on this <laughs> level and it's not just it's not it's a superhero movie in one of the most successful franchises in hollywood like come on it cannot get any bigger than this and so for you to get a full ensemble cast of amazing black people for black panther it is incredible and for it to pay such homage to the culture and everything that it represents and everything an uncolonized Africa as a continent could have represented is incredible to see. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like you said, uh, representation absolutely does matter. And I'm not part of that community, so I can't no, speak on their behalf and say are. anything about neither that. Neither of us is part but, of the community, um, guys. Just saying. As, as like, like an outsider, it, yeah. it just felt it felt nice, if, yes. even though it was overdue. Like, it should not have taken this long to get, um, uh, like, any, like, POC or non-white actor on the yeah. big screen. And I think, yeah, unfortunately, sure. Hollywood has taken a long time to catch up to that. It's still catching um, up, to be honest. Let's not lie. Yeah. But good, a step yeah. in the right direction is all I can say about this. At this oh, point. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it's it's a step however big or small you want to consider it mm-hmm. um i'm definitely glad it happened but uh, again yeah. it is kind of like bittersweet in the sense mm-hmm. that it happened but also you know it, it was like what 2018 when it happened and that was the first yeah. time um at least like even in the mcu like the mcu has had other characters who are obviously you know of different races or maybe yeah. even species backgrounds you know, all of the above. <laughs> yeah um so it's like kind of done representation but it took a really long time to like get mm-hmm. um you know even a character like T'Challa adapted for the big screen I think so exactly. or at least in my limited knowledge I don't know maybe there have been other adaptations or versions of the character mm. um I mean, I'm not too sure com- but... comics wise yes comics wise yes for sure that's been around for some time but yeah mm-hmm. to, in terms of Hollywood having again the MCU by 2018 was like hugely successful right like it was like this big thing it was something that everything every person was um wanting to be a part of because like oh my god it's an mcu movie it's like crazy you know it 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 brought big it, it was a big budget thing so for representation to come through on a level like this and it, it, it just it's a different thing altogether at this point you know like I feel like yeah it, that's something that cannot be overlooked so yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely 
now because and again the trailers did not do this movie justice because i was not prepared for the awesomeness that that was this movie i'm i i'm being completely honest because i knew i would enjoy it like fully honest i i knew i'd enjoy this movie but damn it the way the plot basically just unfolded in this movie was incredible every single character <laughs> turned out to be important even the villain had such good points that i was like oh my god this is <laughs> this is crazy i kind of agree with the the things that this guy is saying but also kind of like questioning his motives and stuff which is incredible i mean i wouldn't it's incredibly rare you know like when, yeah. it was really cool to see that but i have to give uh ryan coogler a big big kudos for this basically and i, I can't speak words right now because like it, it was really great um how he set this up because Clearly, Black Panther was introduced to us in Civil War. He was, um, he uh, he was in there. T'Challa was in there with his dad when this huge incident happened, and Zemo blew up the UN Council, and T'Chaka basically died. And that's <laughs> how this—that's how we get introduced to T'Challa as Black Panther. Again, great introduction. But this movie dives so deep into that lore into into who the Black Panther is and what he represents to uh, the people of Wakanda. And it's uh, it's amazing. Let's get into that because it, this basically starts with not T'Challa. It actually starts with T'Chaka and his brother, which is, again, a great <laughs> setup. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think one of the really cool things about this movie is that even though technically Black Panther as a movie is not T'Challa's first appearance in the MCU, yeah. it really is kind of in a way like his origin story and it's a great mm -hmm. point of entry for people who may not have been with the MCU since yes. its beginning yes. um, or even people who like me kind of maybe may have gotten into it a little bit late I mean I got into that or I caught up to the MCU before this movie came out so by the time this movie came out I knew <laughs> who was who and what was going on <laughs> also fair point also another thing another cool thing about this movie was um, people who aren't into the MCU in general, but wanted to watch this movie in particular because it's something that they could connect with, it worked for them too, which is what I also love about this movie. It, like you said, it made it a good entry point. Uh, there's so many people who are like, I wouldn't watch an MCU movie with Black Panther. I had fun watching that because it, it's something that resonated with me kind of thing, which is nice. But yeah. Continue. Yeah. And also, I think like you said earlier, it's also like a very impactful movie in the sense yes. this is the first time a specific, I think, type of hero had been adapted for the big yes. screen or at least yes. in within the MCU and I guess within recent superhero movies. A big movies. franchise, let's um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. But I also do love that the intro, like you said, does doesn't start with uh, T'Challa right away. We get a yeah. little bit of backstory, and yeah. not—I mean, I say this every time we we talk about superhero movies, especially yeah. Marvel and DC. <laughs> I don't want to keep comparing the two, but one of the things I loved was like there is like the flashback scenes, but yeah. it's not overdone, and it's not. I think for me, maybe it's just like a personal thing, and maybe I'm just like a dummy when it comes to watching movies, and I like to have things like clearly marked out. <laughs> but I remember like last week when we talked about Man of Steel, one of the oh, things God. that we saying was that like it just flip-flopped back and forth so many times it, it was did, really it like annoying and this movie I think there are instances where it flip-flops back and forth between past and present but also it's 
of a lesser frequency, I guess. Yes. And it's yes. clearer, which is the bigger thing because having the background information on uh, T'Chaka and his brother made sense. And I think it was mm -hmm. a lot easier to follow and you kind of understand why certain things happen in the movie. Yes, um, yes. So having that information was really cool. But then also I think like the introduction does help kind of set up some lore around um who the character is or becomes and then also who the main antagonist um in this movie ends up becoming mm -hmm. so i yeah. think like having that as the introduction rather than just like cutting straight to okay this is t'challa who you saw in a previous movie he's the black yeah. panther and action mm -hmm. <laughs> uh it definitely made it i think make a lot more sense and also just made the movie better i mean this movie is also like i just want to Visually Today, spectacular, I, I think, oh my god. Visually spectacular, but not that awards mean a whole lot, but I think this was the first superhero movie that was like nominated for a bunch of Oscars or something. And it deserved and, it. I um, think it won something for yeah. costume design too, if I wasn't I wrong. I think so, And it deserved yeah. it. It deserved it. It was nominated for Best Picture, but I think the Academy has a thing where it's like, they're not going to select superhero movies to be, like, to, like, as like the best picture for that specific year or whatever, that which I think is kind of stupid. But, but okay. um, you know, I mean, we saw the same thing recently with like I think No Way Home and the Batman. I think both, or maybe not the Batman because that might have been a little bit too late for the Oscars. But No Way Home tried like they submitted it for consideration for the Oscars and obviously didn't win and then i think it was like it ended up like coming up like this year or recently they tried that weird like fan vote thing where like fans could vote for certain categories but that's the a Oscars. can of worms we do not want to open Cass. Um, that is a yeah. can of worms we do not want to open today okay yeah no no we don't but i'm just saying like it, it's there's certain movies that should yeah, have absolutely yeah, yeah. won and this was definitely one of them i think yes. it is probably one of the best comic book movies i've seen not that it i have is. a bunch of background knowledge but <laughs> no, it is. it's definitely one of my favorites it is definitely um, one of my favorite favorite uh comic book movies also one of my favorite mcu movies to be honest because holy shit i love the progression of this plot here um I can't keep saying that. I, I keep saying this, but again, like you said, the flashback, it, it isn't exactly a flashback. It, it's more like, I mean, yes, but it starts with the old uh, Black Panther, which is uh, T'Chaka, uh, and what happens between T'Chaka and his brother. And, and then it moves to present day, which kind of sets the stage for because you know T'Chaka you know you've seen him as an older person and now you're like oh okay this is him when he was younger kind of deal it's not like you're unfamiliar so it, <laughs> it's kind of nice to see to see to get background information on that to find out what what's going on with these characters and all those things it, it, it's really cool to be honest and I love that yeah, setup. I was actually going to ask like I know, I mean, maybe this is not as big of a thing, but I know Marvel has done this a bit where they've had characters who were introduced but not in their own movie. Yeah. And I always found that really interesting. And I feel like sometimes it, at least the MCU, I think they've adapted it or like they've made, they found like the sort of formula that works yeah. where it's like they can do that and still give these characters standalone movies yes. Yes. where it doesn't feel like you're missing something if you've only watched the standalone movie or like for yes. those of us who've maybe watched the entire MCU catalog it also is still coherent so yeah. I was curious like what you thought of that because this is like another I mean, well yeah I don't know this would be like technically another because I did that with Peter like Spider-Man comes up in Civil oh, War yeah. first yes, and then yes. you get Homecoming and like 
same thing with with uh, yeah, T'Challa. He comes up in Civil War first, right. and then you are absolutely <laughs> then in Black right. You are absolutely right. It makes sense because again, this is why I said that someone who just wanted to watch Black Panther would still be okay with watching this whole thing and still understand what was going on uh, for <laughs> this movie, which again. Marvel has its faults. I will not say that the MCU is like faultless or like impeccable or something. It's not. It it's got its issues, but at least as far as I know, and I may be biased because I like the I like the MCU a lot, but they have mm, I wouldn't say perfected, but as formulaic as these movies are, they made it fun for us to watch and fun for <laughs> us to follow. So, right. I didn't I think, find it. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this movie, I think, is not super formulaic as no. far as the MCU goes. I think it does break um, or it does kind of deviate from the Marvel formula a little bit. A little and also, bit. I think the character just being a little bit more new compared to some yeah. of the other characters also helped. And again, it was... I think really important representation wise for a number of reasons, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I don't so much have an issue with like things being formulaic. It's just whether or not they're enjoyable. Like I don't even care. Like I think when we talked about DC, um, which I know we've kind of, we probably have unpopular opinions on, (laughs) but like, like DC has so much potential and like, even if they end up making like a formulaic thing, I wouldn't care as long as it's enjoyable. Like I don't think, I think for the two of us at least, because we're not like, you know, we don't have, I think a, a, a connection or like, as much of a connection to like the comic book exactly of no, these that's characters true. that is true. Um, for us like any sort of adaptation as long as it's enjoyable for us we're like we'll take it um, yeah. and that includes marvel dc whatever other studios want to get absolutely in superhero business. yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i i think marvel like honestly i think like not to get a little bit ahead but i think i know there's been some like chatter about what wakanda forever could look like oh and we're God. so close to it and honestly i don't even dying, care as long as dying. it's a fun movie <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i don't care if it follows a formula i don't care if it doesn't like quite live up to the hype of the first one although everything i've seen suggests it does and um, that, I, I everything i've seen about it says it's even better which is like hard to talk yeah. okay dude like i i'm here for it yeah um but um it's uh i i don't know it's just i i again i don't care if if the movie is formulaic or, or whatever as long as it's enjoyable i think that's like yeah. what we're looking for personally just the two of us so um i think this movie really delivered on that even in spite yes. of you know things like I don't know if people had an issue with T'Challa appearing in Civil War first, because between oh. Civil War and this movie, there have been several other movies featuring other characters. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure if that was an issue for some people. Um, but I think, like you said, too, the, the nice thing was, like, um, the, like, I think the barrier to entry is relatively low for this movie yes. in the sense if you've never seen any of the MCU movies if you've never seen Civil War which featured or like first introduced T'Challa then watching this movie is not like it's not like you won't understand it or you won't um be able to follow, follow what's this going story. on yeah exactly it's yeah. not very important to this particular story which 
is good. Like, I think that's a good thing in terms of this. Now, uh, I want to talk about... <laughs> because as, as serious as this movie is, it also has some pretty fun stuff in it. So, again, phenomenal cast, right? Chadwick Boseman, absolutely phenomenal. Danai Guerrero, absolutely phenomenal. Angela Bassett, phenomenal. And then, I know. And then you've got... Lupita Nyong'o, oh my god, holy shit. Again, so good. Incredible. And then Letitia Wright, like, what the hell did these people do to get these people together and make an amazing movie? Just just to round out the cast list, Michael B. Jordan, Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis, like, they've got got people, like, they, Marvel always gets um, amazing cast and uh, and crew too it seems um it, to be fair dc does too but that's another story <laughs> can of worms, um, and another dude. can of worms that we've kind of touched on before but yes. no i mean um marvel like the ca- casting for this movie was like perfect and also yeah. i think like that's i think one of the the really hard parts and not to kind of derail this discussion further but i think one of the big things going into wakanda forever was like who's going to like what's going to happen to T'Challa's role mm. and I know there's this whole argument for like recast it recast it and on the one hand like I do understand that like the character is so important to so many people yeah. um and even for like people who are not really part of that community like the two of us like seeing somebody else take on the role of T'Challa might be really cool but at the same time it's like Chadwick Boseman was such a perfect actor he, to play he that part was the character it, man yeah it's, it's just... like it's almost like the part was made for him. And so yeah. like, for me personally, like I would love to see the character come back some way, but also like, I just like, like no, nobody can replace yeah. Chadwick Boseman. So like, no. to me, it's just going to be really weird. Yeah. But um, I obviously we know for this movie or Wakanda forever, rather they haven't recast um, no. the role, but um, it would be really interesting to see like, if there is a third movie or if the character I mean, obviously, the Black depending Panther is the character. on no, because this for the MCU now it would depend. What would what I would like to it would completely depend on how it pans out in Wakanda Forever at this point, and we're gonna find out about that in a few days, which I'm so excited about. I cannot even tell you, but like, yeah, it's gonna it, it, for the MCU at least is gonna depend on who takes up the mantle next and we'll see i, I don't yeah. know but um yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean again i think black panther is a character i'm sure will appear in other movies but yeah. um i think who takes up the mantle whether or not there is a way to recast t'challa bring him back whatever um that remains to be seen but i think just given the way wakanda forever seems to be going i think it would be yeah. very difficult yep. to bring back t'challa but again i mean um I think stranger things have happened and now that the multiverse cracked open um anything is possible so maybe oh, there's there's the version in which um he can come back i don't know i mean yes but we'll see um yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely that's something that we can look at but uh that's something that we can look at when we watch the movie next week but for now um Getting back to Black Panther, I think, again, we need to talk about how idiotic these characters can be, right? Because as I, this is why I love this movie, right? Because as serious as this movie is, it 
has its moments of levity and it, it, right off the bat they start off with something like this so i think it's it would be interesting to discuss how this movie starts off in present day with uh, T'Challa and Okoye basically looking for Nakia and who is undercover and going in on a rescue mission. Yeah, the scene with that we kind of get into with uh, it, I think, it, doesn't it cut to like Nakia and I think just like a bunch of random women and or villagers like yeah, in it does. like a convoy? Um, yes. It's a really interesting scene because it, one, like visually, it is kind of dark, but like just yes. the concept of like opening to like a kidnappy situation or like a hostage yeah. situation yeah, is exactly. kind of dark. But then, um, one of the really cool things is like there is, even though this is a pretty like bleak ish scenario, mm-hmm. there is like this moment of levity where all these people are like stopped in a transport and then you see the Black Panther come in and just basically take them all out like that. It was really yeah. a cool demonstration. I was trying to think of like a polite way to say. say it, but yeah, no, he basically just like kicked butt and like yeah. looked awesome doing it yeah basically <laughs> which is, it was um, really cool it was really cool <laughs> it was yeah and i mean i love that we have like action sequences so quickly i know it's not really for everybody and i know some people prefer not as much yeah. action some people like action whatever uh personally for me like i don't really have a preference i think as long as the story is engaging and the characters mm. are fun and have depth i don't really care yeah, like same same i never feel like there's too much or too little action but i I love that it's kind of like getting right um, into it yeah yeah and we've seen what the character is capable of because they did kind of like a little bit of an intro in civil war so yeah so like that was nice having but this is even better but i have to give a shout out to okoye here because she's like because she's preparing to go with him and she's his general she like she stands by (laughs) him like a, a lot in in a lot of situations and that's great and He's like, no, don't worry about this. I can handle this alone. And she's like, okay, okay. And then he, <laughs> and then she's like, just don't freeze when you see her. And then he's like, I don't freeze. What are you talking about? Don't do that to me. <laughs> I love that banter between them. They're like, it, it's so. She's not above poking fun at him, which is nice. It's a, it's a good thing. So it's yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's like that. Uh, it's almost like a sibling dynamic it in the sense like technically the leader yeah yeah Yeah. and like okoya like you said is the general like the military general and like they are technically you know fairly high in the hierarchy but they still have like a really friendly like brother sister type dynamic which i just love i think it it is really great humor it is so it'll be really interesting to see where that goes yeah yeah but the funny thing is, he actually does freeze. And he has no answer to that when she's like, you froze. He's like, uh... <laughs> I mean... I mean, I don't blame like, him. Lupita Nyong'o is... Lupita Nyong'o is awesome, I mean, yes. right? Okay, so yes, like... Of course. I would look at her and be but like... Just... <laughs> oh no, absolutely. But I'm just saying like from like a character point of view yeah. he can't deny because there's multiple witnesses <laughs> including nakia who would be the first to call him out and be he, like he no was, yeah he absolutely for us absolutely froze. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the first thing again great performances by everybody here just just about everybody 
but but Nakia's like, dude, what are you doing here? You ruined my mission. What the heck? And and that's when he explains to her that hey, I I'm being crowned king because my father passed away and I'd like for you to be there. That's why I'm here. And her demeanor just changes after that because she knows what that means to him. And you have to give them credit for actually being on amicable terms even after breaking up, so to speak. So I want I want to talk <laughs> about that too. So let's go for that. Yeah, I mean there is like this movie had a lot to juggle with yes um of course because it was like the characters kind of debut but like in, yeah. in like their own feature film like in the mcu yeah, and, yeah 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 and then of course you know like there's a story and then you know there's like the romance aspect of it and all of that so i thought it was a really interesting choice to have them kind of start with like these two have already been in a relationship that has since ended and they're mm-hmm. i guess kind of trying the to navigate through. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm like a hopeless romantic or whatever, or I prefer like the happy Same. endings. Like, yeah. I'll take the angst, but it needs to like I need the happy. Oh, you'll take the angst, will um, you? Will you, Cass? <laughs> you'll take the angst, eh? Okay, okay. Yes, I yes, have I proof will. of that. I have proof of that. Thank you very much. But continue, but, um, I I liked that they kind of went for like a different approach, and it wasn't like. Mm-hmm he was already uh, you didn't see T'Challa doing like the classic like trying to get the girl type thing and it wasn't also like the meet at first or like love at first sight type thing either but um I don't know I'm very curious to like see obviously had things been different this Mm. like I think like the arc for these characters especially in Wakanda forever I think would have been completely different Mm -hmm. but um if things had been different it would have been really interesting to see where Marvel has gone with that because if you look at like where a whole bunch of like their aid couples or power couples or whatever you want to say started and where they ended it's like there's just there is a lot of variety though which I kind of appreciate even though like stuff like Jane is very sad or like Mm -hmm. Um, what happened you know, with like, Peter and MJ is even worse. Yeah, like the whole thing, I know. And then, like, of course, like Steve and Peggy kind of having that thing in Captain America. And then by mm-hmm. Endgame, he's kind of able to break some rules to get the girls, mm-hmm. so to speak, and stuff like that. So um, it's really interesting to kind of see, like, what other relationships have ended up becoming. And I think had things been different with, yeah. you know, circumstances. Uh. Um, maybe the second movie would have been different and we could have seen more of them because I think like again like this movie had a lot to juggle but Mm -hmm. I don't think any scene between like or like any scene featuring the romance whether it was these two or whether it was even like um Okoye and Wakabi like I don't really think they detracted it was like no it makes it pretty well yeah yeah it did yeah it would have been really again had circumstances been different mm-hmm. um it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened in the second film but unfortunately things are kind of what they are and so we just kind of have to like accept that and we do. Um, but I would have loved to see more of these two just like interacting in, mm. in like the second movie but unfortunately it, oh that's not gonna happen yeah uh, and there's so many things in this movie that I wish I could see again in the second one, but we won't because unfortunately, Chadwick is is no longer with us, and I cannot. It, it just you know that's when I it, it, that's when it hits you when you're watching this movie again. You're like, 
this <laughs> dynamic was so great and I won't get to see it again because he's gone now and it hurts to you know, think about that. I Well, um, but again, I really do want to talk about that, the cinematography and the soundtrack that plays when they go back to Wakanda and it's so it's such a sight let's talk about that because the first time you see that you are literally in awe because it's like what it's it's incredible so I want to talk about that too yeah I mean it's I mean what I think that's something Marvel has always done really well like the cinematography has always been great their scores have always been phenomenal Um, I can't think of a score that hasn't at least been like exactly decent, yeah. if not amazing and i feel like especially phase four which has had so many like really um like moving mm-hmm. <laughs> endings or like emotional endings i think the score has definitely helped make it like that yeah. much more emotional and, yes. and stuff and i think it's not just phase four but you know phase four being the most recent for me that's what like comes to mind but like yeah i mean yeah. the music is amazing which is again kind of standard marvel like their soundtracks mm-hmm. are always um a pleasure to listen to and they're just i don't know i just really really enjoy them but mm-hmm. the cinematography when you first see wakanda is like breathtaking because right? you've never seen it like this way before no. and it's always been like referenced and stuff yep. within the mcu but you never mm-hmm. properly see it like this so to see it like just like the the way they like crafted it and the way it was like designed and the way it, mm. it's portrayed on screen is just so cool because it's like it's kind of like <laughs> this is a weird comparison but it's like do you remember in like the road to El Dorado like when they find the yes! actual and like they see it for the first time it's like a more high tech version of that almost or it's that's like, an interesting <laughs> reference that you made because I think it's mentioned uh, in this movie but yeah okay cool yeah I, I think agree it might have been you. actually now that think about it I agree with <laughs> but it's you. just like you know it's like it's like it's been hidden for so long and yeah. like they don't like the general public doesn't know a ton about you know where it is specifically like, it how is. to get like, into Wakanda it, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so um to see like as viewers to kind of be given like a glimpse of it in like that one scene where they fly into Wakanda is just mm-hmm. like it's again breathtaking because it really it, like, is. It, it's it's almost like we, like they built up the anticipation for it in like it's a very almost, subtle way because like yeah and so it's just i don't know i just thought it was really cool and also i just love that it's like so high tech and so advanced that like technically it's like like more advanced than anything that any you've of the ever seen could come the... up with and no it's true yeah. it's more advanced than anything we've ever seen in the marvel cinematic universe till date even now mm-hmm. which is like ridiculous right. you know like whoa just really cool um but <laughs> and again uh i was talking about some of the dynamics that i would have loved to see in the second movie and what we're going to see next is one of them because we get to see Letitia right as Shuri, who is T'Challa's younger sister, and their dynamic is just precious. It is precious. It's cool. It's I cool. love and it. I, I think like going into the second movie, like obviously you know before news of of Chadwick's passing was like made yeah. public, 
that was one of the things I was like, if they do nothing else, like I would have, you know, if things had been I would different, have taken I the was like, whole series of these two idiots bumbling about and ribbing each other all the time. Like, yeah, I, I don't even care. Like, it could be like the most mundane thing, like them right. cleaning up the lab or like just taking a stroll between like tasks or whatever. And poking I each would other have taken like it. idiots. Like, yeah, because like their sibling dynamic was just, it was it's so, so accurate. It is so accurate. It is. Like, it really is. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It is and because I, I loved that. The minute she, the minute Nakia is like sent away for a little bit so that she can get prepared for the ceremony, this girl is like, "Did he freeze? I know he froze. Tell me he froze." <laughs> and then, and then like Okoye is basically yeah, like an antelope in headlights, and and T'Challa's like, "Why are you roasting me here? What have I done to you?" I love their dynamic and like yeah. again it would have been so nice if you know we know. had like a series where I like again for me personally I just loved it so much that I was like I would have taken them doing like the most yeah, mundane thing exactly. like getting a glass of water mopping the floor I'm sure they're not the ones mopping the floor or basically, but, like, no or basically getting into a fight and wrecking something and them being grounded even though they're like already old enough to exactly they're both adults but they get grounded by their mom because they're being idiots and like (laughs) and and it would happen Ramonda would not be above grounding her kids and being like you know what you're gonna deal with this I think mess. she's like she's the type of mom I feel like who'd be like you guys are grounded but they'd be like oh mom come on and, and then, then she'd like, be like they'd be able to convince her or like talk their way out of it yeah that too again Angela yeah, Bassett no, I mean, as Ramonda awesome like just this cast like I mean the that's entire the one cast. thing I think yeah exactly yeah the superhero movies in general I will say like the vast majority have gotten like the best actors for the cast with the exception of like some of like the earlier ones in the early 2000s yeah not naming any names but i think you know i know i know Um, we've talked about them i i agree with you um yeah we've talked about them off recording but yeah no there's i I think the cast like casting wise this movie has like they have just an amazing cast and like it's um it's really weird to think that, like, I mean, I actually don't know, but if there were other actresses in contention to play Ramonda, I would be very surprised because it's like right? Angela Bassett is just she perfect for the for role. This. And, like, the, the way she presents I don't know herself, the, character. the way she. No, neither do I. But yeah. The way she presents herself, the way she. The way she portrayed this character, especially with her kids, it's really sweet because. Because we see Shuri flipping her brother off and then without even looking back, Ramonda knows that these two are up to some hijinks and she's like, Shuri, don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's funny. (laughs) It's just funny. Yeah, no, it it was great. I mean, it's just... Uh, again, I know we've been saying this over and over and over yeah. again, but Chadwick really was taken oh too soon. And it's I cannot say so that enough. Sad, I, like... I cannot say that enough. I mean, really. And this entire scene basically establishes how smart Shuri is because she's the one behind all the tech. Because basically, like, I'm not here for you, dude. I'm just here for the beads. Give me those beads. I've, I've prepared an update. <laughs> and, then <it's> like, <laughs> and it's so funny. He's like, Dude, 
it worked fine. What what do you need? And it it worked okay. She's like, just because it works doesn't mean it can be improved. Give me that. It's just funny. Like again, them ribbing each other all the time. Them being idiotic siblings. I would have taken hours of that and not gotten tired of it. Like honestly, it would have been great. Oh, I know. Absolutely, it would have been. It would have been just fun and entertaining. And yeah. um, I think like this movie is kind of like it, there is some like heavy stuff in it oh god yeah and i think the movie does a good job of kind of balancing yes. some of like the more lighthearted stuff and like the heavier stuff but to yep. see like a series or like, even a short or like i would honestly yeah. just take like an, another movie with like fluff in the sense where it's like i don't need like a super deep plot i just, <laughs> just need the these two to be happy, having fun like... yeah like just getting to see more of Wakanda I think that would be oh great my God. and also I yeah. think like especially now in phase four now that they've set up so much or at least post Endgame since they've set up so much stuff for like the young Avengers and stuff oh God, yeah. I think yeah. it would be really interesting to see Shuri kind of interact with some These of the other characters younger, and, like, yeah like Kate yeah. Bishop and Elena and oh my god that would be so cool I feel like I don't know I, I just feel like for some reason, I, I don't know if this has ever been done in the comics or if it's just like me and my weird brain, but I feel like she and Yelena would have a lot of fun together. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like Shuri and MJ would get along really well. Oh god, yeah. Um, they would. It would be interesting. I feel like they would be good at pulling pranks, if that makes any sense. Like they would do they something would. and like you would never get MJ to crack because she'd just be like, no. She'd, she'd, she'd be like, like poker face, poker like, face. Like... <laughs> and Shuri'd be like critting in the background, like, "Oh, this is good." <laughs> she'd be like trying to hide her laughter because she's the idiot who will burst out laughing. She can't. It's yeah. <laughs> she'd be that person. And again, regardless of how much they rib each other, you can tell that they really love each other and that they're close and that they're like idiots and they've done they've gotten up to all sorts of hijinks together. So I that's what I want. <laughs> it's it's fun. I know, and it'll be really interesting to see where Wakanda forever goes because I think yeah. one of the things I saw was that um obviously I mean as of our recording this, Wakanda Forever hasn't released, but one of it the we've like, seen clips and reviews. Yeah. But I've seen some reviews talk about how a lot of the movie is actually de dealing with Shuri trying to process her grief and kind of come oh. to terms with and like let go of it. And her brother. Um, which I think mm. is, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm fully expecting to be like sitting in the theater just like bawling. Oh, <laughs> but same. Without. Um, I'm sure it's going to be like very moving and yeah. All of, I can't like, wait for Thursday. I'm going to watch emotional. it on Thursday night, and I'm so excited for that. But yeah. Um, so I, let's talk about, um, because and now we've had some levity. Now let's get on to some serious stuff here, because um, we shipped from Wakanda to London, and in London, especially the British Museum, which is a point of contention for a lot of people. Let's not forget, because that museum houses a lot of artifacts that were, I, I don't want to be insensitive about this, because they, I, 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 it would be fair to say that they were stolen from its people, basically. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of, uh, you can have a big debate about 
all of that and the morality of it and all these things but um it's this this is where we get introduced to our villain in this movie eric killmonger so let's talk about that yeah i mean i think he's definitely a compelling villain in the sense oh, yeah, for sure. again michael b I, jordan I think... man dude like oh my god he's amazing and yeah. i mean him in that role is just like i i
I wouldn't again, yeah, exactly. It's hard to call him a villain villain, but he, I would <laughs> mainly call him, like you said, an antagonist. That would be a correct word. But again, uh, and uh, and I love what Marvel did with this because while Killmonger is a new character to the MCU, Ulysses Claw is not. And you see Killmonger teaming up with Ulysses Claw, which is like, again, Marvel <laughs> has done such a good job of connecting these threads here because I think the first time we see Ulysses Claw is in Age of Ultron, I think, if I'm right. not wrong. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's either Age of Ultron or... I don't know, I think it must be Age of Ultron, because yeah. I'm, I'm, for some reason I'm thinking Avengers, but that, that's too early. Um, no, Age of Ultron. But no, I mean, yeah. it's, that's, again, like, I think that's the benefit of Marvel having so many movies, that, like, yeah. characters that they've introduced and who maybe don't have a lot of screen time in one movie yep. um, can have more screen time in other movies, providing they live, you know? So, like, it was nice to see them uh, do that with uh, Colson, and then, like, yeah. make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a thing, and yeah. then same thing with, like, Nick Fury, yep. Maria Hill, like, now all we'll these get like, secret smaller invasion. characters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Um, but, so, yeah. it'll, yeah, it's just really interesting to see, and, and also, mm-hmm. I guess, like, nice that, um, I think from the beginning there was like a lot of thought put into what a cinematic universe would look like. Oh my god, and yes. Like continuity and all of that. And all so, these tiny little um, threads that connect these movies together, which is like really cool, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really nice to see. And I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I I know some people are not the greatest like they're not the biggest fans of like Marvel and and the movies because there is there is such a big it's their list now. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just I really like that. Like there's a shared universe, and mm-hmm. um, it's the coolest feeling in my opinion. Anyway, like when you watch a movie like this, yeah, and for, like, like you were saying, like yeah, yeah, not even so much Easter eggs. Like I mean, Claw. I wouldn't really call Claw an Easter. No, egg, no, that's a reference. That's literally like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he has, like, a role in this movie, and I think if you took him out, the story would be pretty altered, but I think it's it so cool be. that it's, like, I mean, Age of Ultron came out when? 2014? 2015? And this movie came out a couple years later, so it's, like, yeah. there has been some time between the two movies, and it's, like, mm-hmm. really cool, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to see a character from an earlier movie pop up in a current movie, and it's just, like, oh my god, that's that's really cool to, like, mm-hmm. see that continuity and, and stuff, and so... um. I don't know. Yeah, I really appreciated it. And also, Andy Serkis is just amazing. Andy Serkis, dude, so. that guy is a legend. Is. A legend. Like he's done such good work in any, um, any role that he's been given, and this is no exception. Like honestly, like yeah, hats off to him. I think. It's, he plays like, Claw is like a very like, volatile. He's very volatile. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. Andy Serkis plays that so well, and I. I gotta say, I gotta give him props for that, and we'll talk about this even more because it showcase you you he gets to showcase his volatility even more as the story progresses, which is great, and I cannot tell you how cool it is to see that. Um, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, again, he's just a fantastic actor, a fantastic yeah. role. He mm-hmm. just did such a good job as Claw, and yeah. he's the type of character where it's like you don't. I wouldn't even say you love to hate him, but he's just a lot of fun to watch because he's, he's a, like, it's a lot of fun to watch. Unpredictable, and like he's like crazy enough that it's like you don't know what's coming next. Like anything could could happen, yeah. and it's like, well, we're just gonna have to wait and see. 
So, but we have to mention that right in the he was mentioned even in the beginning of this movie. Like basically, uh, Tichaka goes to his brother and is like, "Hey, um, this guy he stole a lot of vibranium from us, and he couldn't have done that without inside help." And it turns out that his brother was the inside help. <laughs> so it's kind of. It's it, it, so, all of those tiny threads coming together. So seeing him again here, getting at—I mean, you know, doing the same thing again, like trying to steal a Wakandan artifact, basically. Um, it's kind of crazy, and he de- he does mention it that uh, what because because we found a Wakandan artifact, people in Wakanda will hear about it and will come after him for it because it's vibranium and. Wakanda is very careful about protecting its resources more than anything. And that's, uh, I think mm-hmm. it's a continuing theme in this movie, and we'll talk more about it here. Um, but honestly, uh, he was right about that because he basically says that you better, uh, well, the Wakandans will find out about it and will come after us for it. So we better deal with this and sell this off quick, basically. Um, and that's how they planned that heist. It worked, and now they have this artifact. Um, again, you're right about how this movie balances everything because the next few uh, scenes absolutely showcase the brilliant work that the costume designers have done for this movie. Like, because they show the coronation, and you get to see every single tribe from Wakanda in their own specific clothing um <laughs> uh which is designed specifically based on the province that they're from what did you think of that because i thought it was amazing like really and i mean it's yeah it, it, it's phenomenal and in a way i'm kind of sad that they only won an oscar for the costume department because right? like that is totally valid it is a thousand percent deserved the costume department did mm-hmm. such an amazing job oh but it's, my God. I think watching a movie like this or, you know, other movies um, in the superhero genre, it's always kind of frustrating that, mm. you know, it's, it's kind of like snubbed as awards. seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and it's like just because these are like dealing with like more fantastical things doesn't necessarily mean that they're not worthy of being recognized, you know, as like there's a lot of time and effort that's put into any movie, mm-hmm. certainly these types of movies. Yeah. Um, and to see like all the little ways that they kind of brought Wakanda to life, because I mean, oh I don't God. have any knowledge of it. Like I had no. never read the comics. I had never Same. really known much about the character or the place. Same. Everything I knew about Wakanda came from the MCU and whatever mentions mm. and stuff they made of it prior to this movie. So getting mm-hmm. to this movie, seeing them like build and create this world and then oh kind God, of... Yeah furnish it and like fashion it so to speak mm-hmm. um was really really cool and i mean i'm obviously i can't speak to like the accuracy or like any of that no, just I've... visually to me it just looked very pretty it's and beautiful. beautiful and i yeah. yeah i was like again but that's something i think marvel and and most like department or studios doing superhero movies have done pretty well um but um yeah, I mean, it was just, it was amazing to see, like, the, the way they kind of gave, because, like, it's mentioned very early on that, you know, Wakanda, before it was Wakanda, was just a bunch of different tribes that were just kind it of, was. Like, fighting and whatever. In, and there was a lot of it, they come, they've come together, 
exactly. And it was really nice yeah. to see, like, even in a kind of like a background shot or like a roundabout way that it's like, okay, here's like they paid homage to that while like still kind of making them all come together and exist under one flag, so to speak, I guess. I don't know. Either one way, banner. just visually, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was very pretty. <laughs> for lack of a better term no i agree but it's also worth mentioning that this whole combat ritual was so famous that there's a spot uh in assassin's creed odyssey in messenia where you can uh, not in messenia messara in the island of the uh, <laughs> where the where you fight the minotaur you actually see a spot where there's a pool where two guys are actually fighting each other it is that crazy you actually see that it's fun to watch i mean and the developers are like yeah that's a cool much of black panther so we wanted to do that it was, it was really fun. nice to see yeah, yeah it was fun. so yeah like i said <laughs> it was really cool to see that reference to black panther in a game that i love so much and it was it was fun to see actually but on to um the more serious aspect of um this whole ritual or ceremony what did you think of um the whole challenge situation and how anyone uh who is from a royal bloodline could challenge the crown prince and take the throne if they defeated the crown prince or the air, basically. Let's talk about that. Because I feel like... I think someone made a very good point about this when the movie released. That it doesn't take into account that just because someone's not physically... I mean, or or, or a, a combatant by nature. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're not going to be good rulers. Right. Let's talk it's about definitely... that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting because, like you said, it doesn't take into account people who may not be physically, like, they may not be able to compete at that level. But, like you said, that shouldn't kind of prevent them from um, entering. But also, in the same token, or in a way, it's also kind of interesting that they even have a method that somebody can be challenged because Mm -hmm. you would think that because this is such an important role and there's so much like weight and importance attached to it and it's it's a big task to lead mm-hmm. arguably the most advanced nation in the world um you would think that they would have in a way like a less not that this is like a super democratic process but you would think they would have a less democratic process that would be just like one person kind of inherit it or maybe like they would have to like <sighs> prove themselves but then it would ultimately go to them mm-hmm. um but um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that there was even an option for it to ultimately like fall into somebody else, and like it wasn't mm. like, even though I guess T'Challa was the favorite, so to speak, it wasn't guaranteed to be his. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting, um, and I think plot wise, just makes for good tension because mm-hmm. the first time you see the ceremony it's like okay there's probably like nobody's probably going to challenge him challenge and, and most of the tribes does. don't most, most of the tribes don't but some but let's talk about what shuri does here too because she's like <laughs> i 
I'm this is really uncomfortable. I'm in an uncomfortable dress right now, so can we wrap this up right now? <laughs> I love it, Sherry. Sherry is like, I love her. She was so I love her. She's awesome. I know if I was in that position, if I was brave enough, I would have said the same thing. Like, Yeah. can we speed this up so like we can change into something more comfortable? Plus, I have other shit to do. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. anyway, but you're right. Someone does challenge him, and it would be Mbaku, played by Winston Duke. And Mbaku is the leader of the Jabari tribe, the tribe that hid away in the mountains when Wakanda was formed. So let's, again, they, they did a good job of... Um, you know, telling us about this tribe even before we see them, see them in the movie. And then now we kind of see um, what this is and uh, who these people are and everything and how they've been isolated or how they've isolated themselves. And now they're suddenly like, you know what? We've watched you guys do your thing for years now and we don't like it. So that's why we're challenging you now kind of deal. Um, but the interesting thing is um, T'Challa does end up winning this challenge and he rightfully is crowned King and Black Panther. Um But I think, again, as as far as action sequences go, this was actually pretty fun, too. Uh, what did you think of that? No, I agree. I mean, again, I didn't know a ton about the character or the world prior to watching the MCU movies. So for me, like, I didn't have, I guess, like, a specific vision Mm -hmm. of what Wakanda would look like or, like, what the character's backstory would be. So watching the events of this movie unfold and kind of getting to learn, like, more about that as the movie progressed was... um I don't know, it was just fun and, and really interesting. And I think because I didn't have any expectations, I was just like open to whatever like Mm -hmm. direction Yeah. the story was taking and I enjoyed every second of it. Like I just I don't know, there was something about this movie I think that kind of sets it apart from the other Marvel movies, but it still feels like it's part of the MCU if that makes any sense. I know what you mean. Um It's different, but also part of that universe. I, I completely Yeah. get what you're saying. I think Yeah. the cool thing is um, I saw an article that was talking about how, like, in a way, it kind of levels the playing field as far as, like, superhero characters go. And I don't know if that's true because I feel like there is still a ton of room, of room for improvement. Like, you know, we're, we live in such a diverse world that we shouldn't just be limited to one specific type Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. of superhero. For sure. Um, and I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. But I feel like with this Wakanda Forever, like, there's just... Like, we're getting Ironheart soon, so, like, Mm -hmm. Yes! we're making progress. We But are, we are. um, there's, like, slowly but surely, but I feel like there is still Mm room for improvement, and it would be nice to see more diverse superheroes on the big screen. I think we're getting there. <laughs> um, but Absolutely. I think this movie is definitely a step in the right direction, especially when it came out. I don't think there were very many movies like it, if any. So um, it was really... like interesting to see this story play out and um again for me just really cool to see like the backstory because i didn't know anything about the character and i don't know how true 
this movie is to like the origins of the character, but I feel like yeah. just looking at the MCU movies and stuff, um, this is a really good origin story. Oh and yeah, it was just a really sure. fun movie too. Like there again, there it's got its theme, like really dark, heavy themes. But there's also like moments of levity. There's a lot of humor, a lot of heart. Um, it's a lot really of heart. Good. Oh my god, yeah. And also, like you said, uh, I I I like that you mentioned that it deal uh, that it adds to the world building here because it really does add to the political landscape of Wakanda and what the tribes are like. Looking at all of this. Because each of the tribes has a say. They're like, uh, because Juri, who's the shaman or whatever, um, he he is basically asking everyone from the from each tribe, if hey, if you brought forth a challenger, you can, you can challenge uh, this right now, and you will have a chance at the throne, basically. And again, that's it. Like you said, that's an interesting system to put in place. But it also gives you a more, uh, uh, it gives you a different perspective of how things are run in Wakanda in the first place. So I think that is actually interesting, to be honest. <laughs> but like I said, uh, but we, but like we talked about, uh, T'Challa does win this challenge, so he is now king in Black Panther, and this basically leads to one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Because it is, I think this is, this this movie approaches a lot of uh, interesting topics, uh, with a lot of sensitivity and the sensitivity that it deserves. To be honest, and this is like, I'm honestly I'm not from this culture, so I wouldn't know what it would be like for you to, you know, uh, you know, bury somebody or, uh, you know, bury a lost, uh, bury someone that you just lost. And, uh, or even say what it's like to, you know, again, I'm not sure if the comics have something in the lore for Black Panther to meet previous Black Panthers and see what they're in, in some sort of ancestral plane or spirit realm. But, <laughs> this was done really well. What do you think? Let's talk about that. Because there's a lot of cool things that happen in this scene that I'd like to touch upon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it, one, just like visually, it was like a very stunning scene. Yes. And um, I, I don't know, there's just something like really beautiful about it that I can't quite put into words, which... Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just normal for me. Oh god, Alice's art for them. this scene, it killed me. I oh my will god, never yes. forget it. I will never forget she it. She did it like a, it was I think it was like a I want to say it's like a limited edition thing for one yeah, of her because like, it was galleries or something. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was like amazing. I don't know, like astounding. Just like seeing I, that piece that she did yeah. and like it's just like a still it's like a, it literally just it functions does. like a still from the movie yeah, yeah. and I was just like just looking at this picture I was like already tearing up because like that's yeah. how beautiful and like yeah it is and I, I think don't know, there's just... um I think someone um I saw this when this movie released that there was there were uh, I'm not sure if theaters had this um thing technology back then but i think some theaters did where they had a uh a screen that was like wider a much wider 
And this particular scene looks so stunning in that wider lens when you put it on that screen. I I don't think it's IMAX. It's more of a... It's a 270 degree thing. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I I don't um... know the name for it, but they had... Some some screenings had that and this scene in particular looked incredible with that effect because of how the how a scene like the how this scene was shot and i i will always marvel at that um no pun intended guys but <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway i want to talk about the conversation that tachaka and tachala have here because like i think it touches upon a lot of things that come to play later in this movie as well um because um i love how in the beginning chadwick uh, uh i again chadwick's performance is incredible in this movie i cannot say <laughs> that enough it's incredible uh, the minute t'challa sees his father he's like he just apologizes because he wasn't there to protect him he wasn't able to protect his dad um uh, because unfortunately, uh, Zemo basically just bombed a building and killed T'Chaka in the process. And basically, and T'Challa was there, but he couldn't do anything to save his father at the time. And that's what he basically says. I'm sorry, I wasn't able to protect you then. Uh, and it's... Uh, and... I love how T'Chaka is like, stand up, you're a king now. You don't have to, you know, do this or anything. And they basically, it's it's a nice moment that they have there. But I also like how T'Challa is like, I am not ready to be without you. And basically T'Chaka's answer is just that a man who's failed, a man who's failed to prepare his kids for a life without him has failed as a father. What did you think of that? Because I think that was like, that was pretty deep. <laughs> it was. And it was a very moving scene because obviously I think it's like the role and the mantle is probably something T'Challa has been preparing for for a very long time. But like yeah. getting to that point, I don't think he actually thought it would happen as yeah. quickly as it did in quite the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a lot of like, he just kind of got thrown into that position. Whereas yeah. I think if things had been different, I, I think maybe he would have liked to have more time with his dad and probably and probably ease into like, this him basically right. yeah. Yeah. yeah and now unfortunately because of Zemo's actions he's just kind mm-hmm. of like forced to take on this role and this mantle mm-hmm. and not that he's not capable of doing it or that no, he doesn't yeah. want it it's just I don't think he wanted it to happen this way so um yeah it was just it was a very moving scene and I think there is mm-hmm. some truth in what uh T'Chaka says but it's mm-hmm. also like at the same time um T'Challa is his son and obviously you don't want to lose your parents oh no so. yeah that's never an easy thing you're absolutely yeah. right it's really it's actually really um yeah like you said it's a very moving scene to be honest and they talk about a lot of important deep stuff like um because T'Challa basically asks that um uh T'Challa basically asks his dad uh, that hey how do I protect uh, tell me how to best protect our people uh, uh, and Wakanda because 
I want to be a great ruler like you were, and I want to do right by our people. And I love the answer that Tachaka gives. He's like, uh, you're going to struggle because you're a good man with a good heart, and it's hard for a good man to be king. And it's... It, I, I kind of marvel at that again, no pun intended, but because like, really, because it's because he's basically telling his son as a, as king, you will make tough decisions. And sometimes people will question you for it. And you as a good person will basically have a hard time making those decisions because you will always try to do what's right. And sometimes doing what's right might not be possible in the position that you're in. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think like we said before, it's a very moving scene uh, for a number of reasons. But um, I think especially because I think T'Challa was probably expecting to have his dad for a little bit longer to provide advice mm -hmm. and support and all of that. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, and and I, I don't think he quite expected or wanted to inherit the position and the mantle this way. Um, I think he would have much rather have had his father kind of pass it on and like retire, mm. so to speak, than um, be in a situation where his father was taken from him. And, and then, you know, he's forced to kind of navigate this role without the support of his father mm. um and i think his mom does a really good job but i think it it's probably not the same for him and i know he was like with his dad on diplomatic missions and stuff because we saw that in civil war mm -hmm. um and so i think he was probably hoping to have more time with his dad mm -hmm. and definitely have more um i guess I don't want to say help because it's not really like T'Chaka could have done much in terms of like mm -hmm. leading with T'Challa, yeah. but um, I think just offering like support, guidance, yeah. um, advice, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he was probably, I would assume he was like looking or hoping to have that. And then mm -hmm. because of Zemo's actions, that's unfortunately not a possibility. So um I, I don't know. Either way, the scene is very moving, and I think you really do feel for him, because even though we only see Chachaka for a little bit throughout both this movie and Civil War, yeah, it's still, I think, enough to make you like feel for both of them. So, I agree. Uh, but uh, I'll but I do want to talk about the overarching theme of see because the charge of the ruler of Wakanda is twofold, right? At least at this point is while keeping your resources secret, you're going to have to make sure that your people are kept safe and that the border is, you know, looked after so that no one accidentally comes in and discovers the wealth that these people have and all those things. But again, it's and some and this hiding or whatever and what or or the secret basically ends up you know snowballing into something so big and we'll get to that in a bit uh what did you think of that yeah i mean i think the secret is probably 
something that I would assume is T'Chaka's like one big regret or like one of his biggest regrets Mm -hmm. um because obviously I don't think he intended to quite like keep the secret this way Mm -hmm. um and I don't think he he expected things to kind of happen the way they played out and all of that yeah um and you know hindsight's always 2020 so it's mm-hmm. easier i think to say that that's than a good it is point to... yeah it's always <laughs> easier to say this in hindsight yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but i think um i think if, if tachaga did have any regrets i think it wasn't so much that he hadn't prepared T'Challa or he hadn't done enough to kind of help him become leader. I think it was more that like there were certain skeletons in the closet that they hadn't addressed. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Now T'Challa has to deal with them and there's nobody who can really help him because it's it's unfortunately one of those things where it's like it really should have been something that T'Chaka and his brother dealt with, but they're both no longer able to deal with it because mm-hmm. they're just not there they're gone (laughs) and um yeah and unfortunately instead of kind of doing like a forgive and forget type thing the next it actually snowballs yeah Yeah. and and killmonger now his cousin uh, have kind of like taken up that same sort of like feud for no reason really um well maybe not no reason but i think it's it's That's not a black and white. I think yeah. it's like, yeah, Killmonger would like it to be. Absolutely. Um, so let's uh but <laughs> but after such a serious uh thing, uh, after such he- uh, such a heavy uh scene, we get to something much lighter, but also again, you you me- you me- mentioned earlier that this movie juggles both the heavy and light portions pretty well this is a good example of that because um we see uh t'challa and nakia just talking and basically you know being idiots in general um but they also actually talk about uh stuff that well, that kind of help us understand how they could grow apart or how they wanted different things from life that made them not be together or decide not to be together in the end. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think it's like a really interesting dynamic because obviously mm-hmm. um, I don't think they broke up because of lack of compatibility. I think oh, it's no. just... Yeah, exactly. I think kind of like you alluded to, they probably wanted different things out of life and unfortunately for the present moment, their paths kind of diverged mm. and they're, I'm assuming maybe to them, there didn't seem to be like a way to kind of maintain both the relationship and do the things that they wanted to do Mm -hmm. um but also i just thought it was really interesting because i think they both make really good points about why wakanda is the way it is and um obviously you know wakanda being so technologically advanced having all these natural resources and you know i guess man-made resources to a certain Mm -hmm. extent um it's it would be so easy for them to be um exploited or it would be very easy for other countries to attempt to exploit them so i think it makes sense why they've hidden themselves kind of secluded or sequestered themselves and Mm -hmm. have kind of rejected the outside world to a certain Mm -hmm. extent but also it like 
Nikia's point of view also makes complete sense that like they're yeah. sitting on so many resources and yes, they've done enough good to maybe help, you know, the citizens of Wakanda, but they could be sharing that wealth and you know their resources with others and, and and helping more so it's like one of those things where it's like i understand why they haven't done more but then also like they have the capability of doing more so it's like um it's a very nuanced situation i don't know oh, if yeah. there's a right or wrong answer um but I think what's really interesting, too, is that, like, Nakia's, I think, outlook kind of feeds a little bit into Killmonger's outlook. And, um, you know, because he talks a lot about how, like, it seems, like, very convenient. Yeah. Wakanda is just kind of secluded. And, um, you know, like, they do their thing, but they don't help their brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who are clearly suffering. Mm. And they may like it seems like Wakanda definitely has the resources to do so so um I thought that was really interesting that like no I, think I don't really you're think... right um because and credit to whoever posted this on Tumblr when this movie came out that someone did make this point that both Killmonger and Nakia had very good points about Wakanda being able to help uh, other nations in need but Nakia <laughs> was the one with a more pragmatic approach that could actually do some good in the <laughs> sense that social outreach programs and stuff like that that would actually make a difference so I think Nakia was right about that and you're right in saying that that outlook is um a shared one, although Killmonger's outlook is a little more bleak. You're right. It about is, that. yeah. But I think like parts of it. I, I think there's not like a ton of difference between what Nikia yeah. was suggesting and what he's suggesting, at least as far as like, you know, helping Mm-hmm. others beyond the borders of Wakanda. Yeah. But then yeah, I mean in terms of everything else, I think it is a pretty different outlook. And mm-hmm. uh I think like you said, Killmonger's is a little bit more bleak. Mm-hmm. Now, let's also talk about Wakabi, because he has his own outlook here. And unfortunately, his point about refugees is something that we see people regurgitate even today. And what he basically says is, if we bring in refugees they bring their problems with them and then Wakanda becomes like everywhere else and that didn't sit well with me because it might be true but I don't know how right you would be to say it you know what I'm saying yeah I mean I think it is a very like nuanced issue because again like what he says is not entirely wrong in the sense mm. again it, i think it would be very easy of you know other countries or municipalities whatever to come in and try and take advantage mm-hmm. of wakanda's resources mm-hmm. and that's not to say every single one would but i'm sure even within it's a possibility like you said though i yeah agree even with within that. like the larger mcu world i'm sure there's enough yeah. greedy nations that would be like ooh, vibranium like how much can we get our hands on and like yeah. you know all, all this um like i think 
as much as the MCU tries to build a fictional world, I think a mm-hmm. lot of it is also based on the real world. And unfortunately, yes. um, greed oh, isn't I something agree. that's been completely yeah, eradicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it, like, even in this fictional type of setting, um, it would be like there would be greedy leaders who would absolutely try and exploit Wakanda. And I mean, whether or not the people do the same is, I guess, a different story. But I think what mm-hmm. Wakabi was, I, th- I think what he was trying to say, or I'm assuming anyway, is that like it, it's as much as they want to, I think it would be very difficult to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think like I can kind of understand why he's very reluctant to, do so but i think i don't know if i would have phrased it the same way but then again, exactly like, you know again like we've been saying it's a very nuanced issue and they are kind of justified in being a little bit reluctant mm. to try and like open their borders and yeah offer yeah, help yeah, yeah, because yeah. i mean look at what happened to every other nation that's ever done that that hasn't been you know like a, a world dominating power like it i mean i know what a you're lot saying of them have been like Taken advantage of, and, yeah, yeah, taken advantage of, and like, you know, they've been looted and and you know all these different things. So, um, it would be. I mean, I don't think that would be the fate for Wakanda just yet, mm. but it's certainly, I think, something that maybe they envision happening if there's not any like, you know. Like, if this is not thought out properly, I think it's not as simple as just like saying, okay, we have the resources, we have the yeah, you know, it's capacity. Not, it's not black and white. Yeah. 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 So I, I think, get what you're saying. I mean, maybe this is totally wrong and maybe it's just my interpretation, but I like to assume or you're think. You're giving that Wakabi, Wakabi the benefit of the doubt, but I yeah, understand. And, and saying, like, I mean, maybe the, the way he phrased it sounded a little bit off, but I got the sense that he didn't want it to just be like, okay, we're just opening the borders willy-nilly, like, we're not planning anything, we're just saying, okay, whatever, like, yeah. the borders are open now, and then just, like, you know, like, just, like, dealing with the consequences of that. I think maybe, mm-hmm. like, if there had been more planning and more talk about it, maybe he would have come around, but maybe. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I think, I mean, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt, just because mm-hmm. I don't think he's a bad person, but I can understand no. his concern about, like, if we just open the borders, like, then what are we subjecting ourselves to? Like, there's no, as far as we know, or as far as we can tell, at least at, up until that point, there hadn't really, it wasn't shown on screen mm. that there was, like, a way for them to kind of deal with the problems that might follow. It was just, like, you know, opening the borders in theory sounds nice, but it's not going to be as simple and as it's easy as just saying, okay, thing. the yeah, borders yeah. are now open. Exactly. And I think, too, like, if we've seen anything about the MCU, it's that as great as it is to have, you know, places and, and heroes and, and all of this stuff, there is still going to be people who are, like, skeptical about it. And I mean, like, the Sokovia yeah. Accords are a great example that, like, oh my God, we had yeah. all these fantastical characters and beings who could do all these amazing things. And then world leaders were like, okay, that's great, but you guys are, like, too powerful on your own, so now you need to, sub- like, submit to us. Mm. And I can totally see that being a concern for people like Wakabi or maybe other people in Wakanda where they're like, if we open our borders and if we expose all our secrets, what are we like getting ourselves into? Like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, as powerful as Wakanda is, they probably don't have the numbers to stand against like a coalition of governments. I don't know. I'm just no, that's, here. No, that's but, true. Like, 
-hmm. if they did like a weird version of the Sokovia Accords where all of a sudden a bunch of like countries banded together and we're like, okay, now Wakanda has to like give us all its resources. Like, I'm sure that would be the absolute last thing that they would want to do. And I'm sure they would fight it for as long as they can. But um, I don't know. I I think it's just, there's a lot of thoughts that has to go into that. And it's not as simple as just saying, again, like the borders are open now. It's not a (laughs) yes or no thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I can appreciate that it's like a very nuanced issue. And I can appreciate that like Wokabi has put some thought into it. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the way that was phrased was a little bit weird, and I'm, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and assuming that he's not entirely against it. It just seems like he's, in my opinion, I got the sense he was just against being like, okay, I get open. it. Everybody, like, come over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I Good points. All good points. Um, but now let's talk about some more fun stuff because... Um, I wouldn't say fun exactly because uh, Claw was right about the Wakandans discovering that they took a Wakandan artifact out of the British Museum, basically. And Okoye has basically found out that um, uh, that basically that that they that Claw has basically taken an artifact and that they need to get it back. And this is where the mission to South Korea or Busan comes in, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so this is, and this is when they go on a mission to Busan to basically get that artifact back. Uh, again, Shuri is chef's kiss. I love her so much. She's amazing. Um, but I do want to make a couple of points uh, before we get into the whole Busan thing, because that's when the uh, plot really kicks in, kicks in, to be honest. Um, the whole <laughs> the whole thing where Shuri is basically, show, uh, basically showing uh, T'Challa all the new technology that she's uh, made and... Uh, I think someone made a reference to her uh, calling T'Challa's design uh, for the Black Panther suit functional but old, uh, a reference to Edna's hobo suit line, (laughs) which is (laughs) accurate, and it makes me laugh. Uh, What did you think of that? Because I think that, again, that dynamic is hilarious. I, I love, love their dynamic and that lab scene is one of my favorite scenes in the whole yeah. movie where they're just like in the lab and Shuri's trying to like demonstrate the new suits yeah. and I love the bit where she's like okay now kick it yeah. and then because of the features of the suit T'Challa kicks it just goes flying across and Shuri's like filming the whole thing and he's like are you recording this and she's For like research purposes. purposes and then when delete he falls back he's like delete that footage and I'm pretty sure that Shuri's like saving that somewhere on the cloud so that even if it gets deleted from her phone somewhere she can find it and post it online and oh, and and I mean, and basically tell people look at this clown <laughs> this is the thing right like this I, this is probably not going to happen but peak like sibling behavior peak sibling yeah, behavior this i feel is- like if we go, if we ever got a scenario of like some of these like characters interacting it would just be like peak chaos like yeah. <laughs> but also i'm just thinking like now that 
we mentioned that scene like if they play that back in Wakanda forever I will be bawling like I just like Exactly. full tears like Same. because <laughs> like it was so funny in this movie but it's also like it, I don't know it's again their dynamic as siblings was like Yeah. it was so perfect It and was. um yeah I mean I don't know we'll see what Wakanda forever brings but I'm Yeah. already like thinking of all the ways they could potentially make me cry and Oh I'm my sure God. it's not Dude, going to take I'm a pretty lot with sure. this movie Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna the need opening a box sequence of tissues. itself Yeah. I've heard. That the opening yeah sequence, the opening Marvel credit sequel, <laughs> uh, Mar Mar sequence itself is gonna like murder me in for this movie. I'm I know pretty sure. Um, but uh, so but let's talk about the mission to Busan because uh, it's interesting because while they do know that Claw is selling this artifact, they don't know who the buyer is, but they find out that it's Everett Ross. A C the CIA agent that we saw in Civil War. So I I want to talk about that because like you alluded to earlier, uh, while this is a fantastical uh, setting, it takes inspiration from real world scenarios too. And it kind of shows how governments can be shitty about getting... stuff that they want even if it is from people like claw what what did you think of that Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. And I don't know, I just thought it was interesting that they were even, I guess, not so much they were in this scenario and like the government was involved in like shady dealings, but it seemed really interesting that like Ross was the character that they were going, like that they were kind of putting in this scenario. Um, just because I think he, he had kind of like a limited role prior to this, but also again, I mean, that's something that Marvel is good at that like, Yes. Here's a character that maybe you don't know a whole ton about who's only had maybe like 30 minutes screen time across so many movies. Um, and now he's like sort of the key player in this movie. Um, he's Yes. definitely, I think, like a supporting character in this movie. He I don't is, know about he key is. player, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was just really interesting to see Ross again just because... Again, he kind of had like a limited role prior to this and just kind of see the way he gets involved with Mm like hmm the main cast of characters and how he ends up in Wakanda. And it was really interesting too to kind of see him kind of change his position on um, everything. Like initially, I think when we first see him, he kind of does the stereotypical like, you're from a secret country, like we want your resources, tell us more about it. Yeah. And then by the end, he kind of has a 180 and he's like, oh, okay, I understand now why you guys have kept this place a secret. And like, he also kind of owes them one. <laughs> so he's like, whatever you need, I'm with you, I'll fight for you, whatever. And um, I don't know, I thought there was something really nice about that, that Mm -hmm. he Yeah, was I agree. kind of representing, I think, a lot of, I guess, a lot of like, I guess, world governments in that had Mm -hmm. they had representatives who were able to go to Wakanda or had they been able to see what Wakanda Yeah, was like, I'm sure exactly. all these different countries and, like, world leaders and whatnot would have wanted a piece of the action, so to speak. Yeah. But Ross being the one who kind of is forced or he's, like, brought into Wakanda literally to save his life. And then he sees what it's like. He sees what the people are like. He sees why they are the way they are and why they've remained hidden. Yeah. And... um.
I don't know. I just thought it was really nice that ultimately he's like, all right, you know what? Maybe I didn't have it right the first time. And here's this threat. If you need an extra pair of arms, I'm willing to help. And again, they did save his life. So he owes them. Um, But beyond just that, it was really nice to kind of see him have that 180 um, at the end and, and just kind of be like, okay, I get it now. Like, yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know it just felt like he kind of had i like his art yeah yeah it it felt well done without being um i don't know quite how to put this but like it didn't just seem like it was a thing that was like put in to acknowledge like hey unfortunately certain countries or nations or people have um, inflicted harm and stuff on other people and yeah. it wasn't really you know their fault it was just this small group of people just had the absolute wrong idea of like we're superior we're better so therefore exactly. we you know we we're to... allowed to yeah, yeah, yeah and like we're yeah. allowed to like take your resources and all of that and um i don't know it's not it's almost like they're trying to say that i don't know it felt like they were trying to be like in the real world, this is probably as close as we're going to get to mm. some form of retribution or like reparation. Uh, maybe? Reparation. Yeah. That's probably a better term. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the movie goes, I liked his arc and I appreciated that he didn't go from like, like the sleazy kind of government agent to still sleazy government some, agent, but, but you're cool now. You're cool <laughs> it was now. more like yeah, he had like he he had character growth, and he was like, "Oh, okay, like I understand why Wakanda is the way it is." To the point yeah. that at the end, he like I wouldn't say I. It's almost like he it's like a like a middleman, I guess, between like Wakanda and like and the rest of the world. Like, kind yeah, of thing, you know. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they've quite come to a point where like they're like extremely trusting of each other but i think enough has happened between the start of yeah, this movie like, and the end yeah. that ross it's is more like, okay. like it's more like you know too we know too much about each other now so we might as well keep each other's secrets kind of thing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah in a weird yeah, way yeah but also i think too like ross yeah. also has like a a steak in the pie if that makes yeah. any sense that's not the phrase <laughs> there, there's, there's a phrase i'm i'm not no i know what you're right saying. now but i know what you're he's getting like, at. He, he's you know he's like involved in this now and he's he can't quite um like get away from that and yeah. um especially in this movie like i mean you know he when they go and like try and kind of find out information from claw the first time he gets pretty severely injured to the point not really i mean in the sense that um yeah because that mission goes sideways and they do and claw ends up uh in ross's custody but the thing is killmonger is still out there and he doesn't want claw (laughs) telling anyone uh he still has his own agenda of getting to wakanda and claws his ticket to wakanda at this point because the entire mission was to capture Claw because Claw has evaded Wakandan custody for like 30 years now. So basically, uh, Killmonger, you know, basically breaks breaks Claw free. And in this process, that's when um, 
that's when Ross gets injured and they basically decide to bring uh, him into Wakanda so that he can be healed. Um, <laughs> and that, um, I want to talk about Killmonger's attitude here for a little bit, right? Because, again, it, it, in this situation, he's very cavalier because he has his own agenda right now. And he wants to get into Wakanda. That's his agenda at this point. So not only does he kill Claw, he basically kills his girlfriend too. And to, you know, basically do, uh, to get what he wants, to be honest. And more than this, Wakabi's angry now because Claw was responsible for his parents' death and they failed to bring Claw in. Uh, and basically, Wakabi basically says that for 30 years, your father did nothing. And now it's more of the same from you. I expected different from you. I thought you were my friend. I thought you promised me that you'd bring this guy to me, to justice, to Wakanda, so that he'd face justice. But he's <laughs> out there. But you didn't. And suddenly we're treating strangers in our hospital beds or something like that kind of thing. What did you think of that? And what did you think of Shuri basically telling Ross to just calm down uh, so that it's while he processes all this information about where he is and what Wakanda is actually like? Yeah, the thing with um, Wakabi is, again, it's just a very nuanced issue. I mean, it's... Claw is very volatile and I think very reactive and he's very unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do. So I can yeah. understand um, why Wakabi was so like insistent that they bring yeah. him in and they, you know, yeah. they get justice and all of that. Yeah. But also I, it's hard to like, again, I don't know that it's fair to blame T'Challa because no, he exactly. wasn't the one who killed Claw and again Wakabi didn't really know about Killmonger but because mm -hmm. of that again it's hard to blame Wakabi because yeah. he wasn't kind of privy to a lot of the like knowledge about Killmonger and what he was doing and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that and even T'Challa kind of found out a little bit late so it's very yeah. difficult to blame either of them I think if you have to blame anybody I think unfortunately the only person you can blame is Killmonger for actually you know doing the act yeah. of killing claw yeah. but even then it's it's like i don't know that anybody is really losing sleep over it unfortunately yeah. or maybe fortunately i don't know um mm -hmm. but um yeah it, it's just a very nuanced issue and um i don't know that there's a particularly right or wrong way to handle that but yeah. i appreciate like both points of view that like wakabi wanted to see this guy brought to justice and like mm -hmm. wanted revenge for claw killing his parents and then t'challa was trying to be more diplomatic and be like we'll bring we'll bring him back alive if we can or whatever and then um killmonger just kind of being like a wild card that nobody really expected or nobody really knew what he was doing and what he would do until after he did it um and then also, I just thought Ross, like, getting used to everything in Wakanda was just really funny because, again, was. Wakanda is just very advanced and mm -hmm. they haven't shared that or, like, shown it to the world. They've kind of kept up pretenses and pretended like they were a third world country or not a third world country, but, like, you know. Actually, they're, yeah, no, 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 literally third world country. 
Yeah, but either way, it's just very funny to watch him like go, oh my god, it's so much cooler than I actually expected. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it is kind of funny how Ross is like, oh my god, what's going on here? I didn't, this is way cooler than I thought it would be. But then, this is when, uh, you get the, the and there's also so much about, uh, Killmonger that we don't know that T'Challa finds out about from Jury. Uh, I want to talk about that scene because, Again, brilliant performances both by Chadwick and Forrest Whitaker because um, Chadwick is basically asking Jury about what happened to his uncle because he was the last one to see his uncle other than his father. Um, and I love how when Jury is like, I promised my king that I wouldn't tell anyone about this. And I love how Chadwick's like, I am your king now. You have to tell me. So it's like, again, brilliant performance. It gives you chills when you think about it. Like, damn, man. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> um, but the truth is, unfortunately, really, again, gray. Uh, and keeping Wakanda's resources secret could have may have cost them more dearly than they would have thought um because while um while T'Chaka's brother did betray Wakanda I wouldn't say he didn't have a good reason to. I mean, in the sense that I understand where he's coming from, where he looks at people, where he looks at black people and the persecution that they face every day, and and one and feeling like Wakanda could do something about it, and knowing that T'Chaka would never support it because that would mean outing Wakanda to the rest of the world. <laughs> and in doing so, he basically, in basically plotting this in secret, he made an enemy of himself and put himself in that position. And it's not a good situation to be in. What did you think of that? Yeah, again, I mean, I think, like we've been saying with so much of this, it is a nuanced issue because... Mm -hmm. It must be very hard to be in a position where you know your country or your leaders can do something mm -hmm. to help um, people who are struggling for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And knowing that they have the resources, the manpower to do that, and mm -hmm. then deciding not to must oh, be yeah. a very difficult pill to swallow. And so, again, yeah. it's really hard, like you said, to fault T'Chaka's brother for feeling the way he felt. Mm -hmm. Um but at the same time, it it is also, I think, a little bit difficult to fault T'Chaka for being so, I think, worried about what would happen if Wakanda was, like, if its secrets were revealed to the world. Because yeah. they were kind of, like, the last holdout in the sense. Unfortunately, so many other nations kind of succumbed to different forces, different countries leaders yeah. whatever kind of preying yeah. on them and taking mm -hmm. advantage of them mm -hmm. and wakanda had not and so i can understand why he was reluctant to 
even entertain the idea of sharing their resources or doing anything mm -hmm. that would expose even maybe like a fraction of Wakanda's strength and like power and all of that. Mm. And I think like you said, it, it in in hindsight, it's something that really like it came back to bite them essentially. Like, no, it I don't did. Think anybody predicted that it would, but yeah. um, it did. And I think the sad part is, it is a problem that stuck from like kind of went from one generation to another. No, that's and true. Both T'Challa and Killmonger could have just been like, you know what, that feud is over it's with it was with our fathers we have the power the opportunity to make a better or like forge a better relationship or whatever mm -hmm. but because of i think certain grievances and the way things played out uh killmonger is just very like it's unable to let go yeah mm -hmm. yeah and for him it's like there is no like there's no other path forward than my path forward and anybody who stands against me is like I'm not dealing with them. I'm just taking them out. Um, so yeah, yeah. And but I mean that it, really uh, shows. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But again, it's just, it's it's a very like nuanced issue, and mm -hmm. it's like a lot of things in this movie. It's um, more gray than black and white. I don't know that there's a correct way to dice it. I think there's things that like they like both sides make good points. Yes, um, both sides could have handled things probably a little bit differently. Yes, and probably or certainly in a way. I think that would have avoided um any bloodshed but mm -hmm. um i think unfortunately it's one of those things where the characters reacted a certain way and it had consequences that i don't think they quite thought of when they were doing certain things absolutely i agree with you there um and basically Killmonger challenges T'Challa, and unfortunately, this time, T'Challa doesn't win. He is grievously wounded and assumed dead, and <laughs> Killmonger becomes the new king and given the powers of the Black Panther. Uh, I, I want to talk about how different uh his vi uh, killmonger's vision is from uh from what t'challa saw when he was in the ancestral plane because killmonger is very cavalier again i use cavalier but i feel like he's more jaded about it i'd say like, he basically, when his father has no tears for me, this kid is like, no, everybody dies. That's just life around here. I'm not going to cry for you. And he still believes that he is right. And in a weird way, he might be, because what he's fighting for is correct. Like, the freedom of, uh, of his people. I get that. But then there's... But the way he's going about it is just messed up. And I don't know if I can fault him for it, but I'm also like, dude, I understand where you're coming from, but this is messed up. What did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, not to keep using this word over and over and over, but it's just, it's nuanced. Like, Yeah. you understand where he's coming from, and I think Mm you hmm do feel for him because he is a compelling antagonist, and Yeah. you understand why he is the way he is and why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. But it's one of those things, like you said, where it's like, okay, we get it, but also we can't support what you're doing right now or, like, the way you're going about it. And so I think, like, this is definitely one of those instances where it's like... you know again he has completely valid points that you know there maybe wakanda has done enough to help its citizens but it could be doing more but i think kind of brutally killing the old regime literally <laughs> to Mm-hmm. Yeah. make way for a new regime is not quite the best plan because then you're no different than like a dictator essentially and even Yeah. if you're ushering a change um how effective is it if people are going to live in fear of you or if you're just using brute force and it's you know a society where people can't express their opinions or you know um voice dissent to any extent then it just Mm it hmm doesn't become i don't know it just becomes more like a dictatorship than anything else and it's almost No, i think it's progressive very true. to get to like to, to turn Wakanda into that when Wakanda is already so technologically advanced and, and everything. But again, I mean, his point about using the resources to better help, um, you know, people who are struggling across the world who are part of their, you know, community or show the same culture, whatever, Mm -hmm. Yeah. is completely Mm -hmm. a valid thing because that is something that we've seen both in, you know, in the MCU world and unfortunately in the real world, it's something that still exists that like Yeah. there are marginalized groups, people who still unfortunately in today's society have to fight for what should be like basic rights or, you know, um, Yeah. you know, they just have to, they have to work harder to get certain things that they should not really have to work for at all. It should Exactly. just be given to them because we're all human. Um, and so it's, it's tough to kind of fault him for his outlook. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, you know, we said one of those things where it's like, we can't also support him in his like Mm. method of achieving results. So it's just, it's very complicated. No, I definitely agree. It is very... nuanced like you said and we're overusing this word at this point but you're absolutely right about that um let's talk about what he does with the garden of the heart-shaped herb because the uh, because he has it he orders it to be destroyed he orders it destroyed just because he doesn't want anyone else to get the powers of the black panther but nakia is smart enough to basically take one just in case and she uses this as leverage to take Ramonda and Shuri and Ross to guess who Mbaku so that he can take the herb use the army that he has to basically put Killmonger out of power let's talk about that because we end up seeing a different side to Mbaku here and I love it Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a more... It's just like a lighter side, I think, and it, the, the scene where they kind of meet up with Mm -hmm. him and kind of are, are taken to like Yeah. the Jabari stronghold Mm -hmm. um, was just really funny. Where he he was like Mbaku was sitting on his throne and he's like pretending to be like a big beefy like domineering guy, and he's Yeah. like, "I'll feed you to my monkey. <laughs> just kidding, I'm vegetarian." <laughs
I know, right? Um, Come and, on, bro. And, and like that was, you know, it was a, a lighter scene, yeah, and in a otherwise pretty heavy sequence. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There, there's just something really nice about that scene in the sense, um, it it's kind of in a weird way. It's almost like an eye for an eye type thing, like earlier when he had challenged T'Challa mm-hmm. technically speaking I think according to the ritual T'Challa was supposed to kill him and he doesn't and so as kind of a way of like repaying that favor um when Killmonger defeats T'Challa and like throws him over the the waterfall yeah um he he ends up in Jabari territory and, and yep. Mbaku and you know I'm assuming the, the Jabari healers kind of rescue him and um help him heal and like regain his strength and all of that and um i don't know i thought one that was just really nice that he did that even though i guess technically they didn't really have a reason to in the sense like the jabari had been mm-hmm. pretty secluded for a while and so yeah. it would have been weird for them to all of a sudden like uh, take this guy in but it could have been you know as simple as they he wanted to repay the favor him. or yeah. yeah or you know it could have also been like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing mm-hmm. and between killmonger and t'challa t'challa was probably the lesser of two evils in their eyes who knows um i like to think it's the first one <laughs> that he was like this dude saved me so now i have an opportunity to pay him back and i think that was pretty really much it i think that was yeah. pretty much it but uh, i like that they used the herb uh, the uh herb to revive him and t'challa is <laughs> finally be, uh, in a position to get back into the fight, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I also I thought it was really interesting that like they had this thing, which I think is probably not unique just to this movie, but I think it's like a kind of recurring theme, I guess, in superhero mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. that like there are these characters who get powers from some sort of like external force or whatever, yeah. and there's usually like a moment where it's like we'd had some like we came into contact mm. with a substance or ingested yeah. substance or got bitten by something whatever the case may be to yeah. get these abilities mm-hmm. but that in itself is not really what makes them like the hero is that mean? i don't know if any of this is making sense but it's like um i just thought it was really interesting that like because it again i didn't know anything about the character prior to seeing like t'challa and the black mm-hmm. panther mm-hmm. character portrayed in the mcu so i always thought it was kind of something like i don't know maybe like the way peter gets bitten by the spider or like the way carol gets her powers from like the tesseract or whatever i thought it was something that just like like these abilities or something the character just mm-hmm. was either born with or somehow acquired and he was the only one who had acquired them um but then seeing that like it's just like it comes from an herb and they had so many before killmonger like ordered them all Burn. destroyed or whatever yeah. yeah um i just thought that was really interesting it's like technically anybody could become the black panther mm-hmm. and anybody could like go in pluck a herb eat it whatever you need to do and then they could be given these amazing abilities um i just thought that was really interesting but then also it's it just very uh it, it, the contrast between how T'Challa used it versus how Killmonger ends up using it is very interesting. Um, so I thought that was like just something interesting to see um, because I know the MCU has also kind of shied away, I think, a little bit, not entirely, from kind of showing 
specifically how certain characters got yeah. their abilities and i think mm -hmm. in some cases like for the spider-man trilogy that makes perfect sense it works we've seen it before we don't need to see it again but in this yeah. case it is relevant and it's also interesting mm -hmm. to see how t'challa got his abilities and also it's it's i think unique in that they just have a garden with these herbs and anybody who ingests it is given these abilities and so um it's not something that like was unique to t'challa it's it's mm -hmm. um anybody could have done it um yeah and also i think it'll really it'll be interesting to see now where wakanda forever goes because now that these herbs are gone there is oh yeah exactly matter. so it's like how does this work now? <laughs> like is it more like we have to, we we don't know yet. We'll find out on Thursday. What? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's crazy. But yeah, I know I'm, I'm freaking out about it. But I do want to talk about the scene before uh, T'Challa gets revived because we're back in the ancestral plane with T'Challa, and he's talking to his father. His father is like welcoming him back. He's like, "Come join me, and you can be happy." And I love how T'Challa questions him, why? Why didn't you bring the boy home? You could have just brought this boy home and none of this would have happened. We would have <laughs> been okay. And T'Chaka's only answer was that I chose to protect my people. I chose Wakanda. And I love, again, amazing performance by Chadwick here because he literally tells his father, you were wrong, all of you. You were <laughs> wrong to do this. You, Your fear of protecting Wakanda has stopped you from doing what's right. And because of this, this kid who was supposed to be our ally is now angry with us and is persecuting us. And this is something that we have to stop now that and i love that um, i love that he made that point what did you think of that again it was just like a very moving scene and i think it also takes guts to kind of i mean i know you know it was like in the ancestral plane and it wasn't really like they were all there together mm -hmm. and could have done anything you know, but to hear T'Challa tell them, like, point blank, you were wrong, and this was not what you should have done. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, again, it is a little bit, I think, easier said than changed, because it all mm -hmm. happened in the past, and um, he wasn't the one making certain decisions that mm -hmm. led to this moment, mm -hmm. or not all of them. Mm -hmm. um, but to see him kind of stand up to the elders and be like, I admire you, respect you, whatever, but respectfully, this is absolutely not what you should have done. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it was, it was like, this is all of the, like, what's happening now is your fault. It was just so nice to see. Um, not that, like, I wanted them to be yelled at or whatever, but um, it really should not have been something that uh, had Eric to and T'Challa had yeah. to deal with. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. it should have been something that their father sorted out properly like by themselves mature adults, yeah exactly without resorting to like killing people to silence them um but unfortunately you know things played out the way they did and the result is that killmonger is now where he is doing what he's doing mm -hmm. and i think you could kind of say at the end of the day that unfortunately their parents failed them in the yeah. sense like 
I, I don't even know how to like word this, but it's like it it's not killing people to silence them is not the answer. And then hiding, you know, all like burying all these skeletons and like hiding away from the world is not really much of a way to live either. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I don't know if any they of that left sense. no, but they left this kid behind and and this kid had to face the harsh realities of the world with his fa with one of his parents gone and <laughs> that's losing a parent is not easy for anyone but then for you to lose your parent and then be disillusioned by the fact that your parents, your father's people could have helped you and helped your community and chose not to do it. <laughs> it's it's a hard pill to swallow. And yeah, absolutely. It, uh, yeah I again, that's kind of that that's rough. And again, I this is what I mean when I say that. Eric make good, makes really good points. I can see where he's coming from, but <laughs> it's but what he's doing is also kind of messed up. So yeah, but then also again, it's difficult to blame him because kind yeah. of like what Wakabi said, like their fathers didn't do anything. Yeah, like in terms of like enacting real change or like mm -hmm. you know making it. I guess a. a tangible impact or difference that mm -hmm. you know could be felt on I guess multiple fronts multiple levels whatever you want to call it yeah. um, and now the current regime or whatever you want to call it under T'Challa I mean granted you know he didn't have a ton of time on the throne before Killmonger came for it but like yeah. um, it I guess from some people's point of view could be perceived as like going in the same direction that T'Chaka's Rain did. Um, so it, I think Killmonger was just like, if you want something done and you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. And, yeah. you know, these guys have sat on their thrones long enough. It's time somebody like me takes over and makes a real difference and like that type mm -hmm. of thing. So I think if he's operating under that mindset, it's a little bit harder to like fault him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a valid thing that like, you know, if, if, People have been clamoring for change for so long and it hasn't happened. Chances are it's not going to happen mm. unless somebody just kind of gets in there and does it themselves. And I think mm. he's kind of coming at it from that mindset where he's like, I'm a savior or not savior so much, but like, if I want reform, if I want change, I have to be the one to do it because nobody mm. else is going to do it. And it doesn't matter how much force or what I like, what means I use to get to like, that point but i need to get to that point so that i can make a difference and like be the change that i want to see so um yeah it's just it's again it's a very nuanced issue it's a really hard to fault killmonger for thinking that way but then again like we've been mm -hmm. saying it's also hard to condone his actions or at least the violence that he uses to like achieve certain ends or certain results mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Again, that's why it's so difficult to... Again, this is why I love this movie, because it's it's 
is dealing with a lot of interesting stuff while uh you know being just uh, I, I I don't want to say just but like you said at the very beginning of this podcast, we uh, superhero movies are kind of overlooked in terms of, you know, they're like, hey, it's a superhero movie. It's probably it's just for fun kind of thing. But I got to say that this movie has dealt with a lot of uh, a lot of interesting nuanced topics that most <laughs> movies don't deal with. Right. And, it's tried to balance it really well and i admire uh i admired for that um so basically now the uh, there's this whole fight for wakanda happening uh shuri and nakia infiltrate infiltrate the lab uh they and then uh and then ross helps them take down the uh transports that are uh, getting these getting these weapons out to uh everywhere else that Killmonger wants them to be at. Uh <laughs> T'Challa basically resumes the challenge and there's a lot going on here. Um but what I do like is uh how every character is made useful in this situation because the Dora Milaje who uh would be the Wakandan military, they're fighting Killmonger, like basically. <laughs> and then T'Challa is basically getting past his own uh, army that's turned against him in the sense that Wakabi's a tribe that has turned against him for the time being um, to get to Killmonger. And then uh, Shuri and Nakia are also trying to get to Killmonger so that <laughs> he doesn't uh, to basically stop him. There's a lot going on here. Again, I love how uh, uh, I love how T'Challa uses the environment around him to basically get an get an advantage and um, you know finally take the fight to Killmonger and basically win this time but i do find it sad that killmonger would uh, would rather die than be taken prisoner even when t'challa is basically like maybe we can still heal you um what did you think of that because i found it interesting it is, again, I mean, Killmonger is a very compelling antagonist, I think. Yeah. So when you get to that scene, I mean, obviously, I think, or at least um, maybe not, but for me specifically, watching the movie, I was rooting for T'Challa. It's like, I understand where Killmonger is coming from. I don't want him to die. But in the showdown between the two of them, I was rooting for T'Challa. And I was like, he has to win. <laughs> um, and, and he did, but unfortunately, the end result is... Killmonger is fatally wounded and it was just bittersweet to see him kind of accept his fate and decide I'd rather die than be taken prisoner and and you know be healed and then just spend the rest of my life locked up yeah. and um also he has this really like m moving quote about he says like he'd rather like I think he says it's like his final request he wants to like 
watch the Wakandan sunrise because like that was something he had dreamed of for so long and he says yeah when I die like bury me in the sea because even my ancestors knew that like a life in bond like I, I forget the exact quote and it was way more eloquent than I'm making it seem but um, he talked about how like even their ancestors knew that like a life in bondage was no life and they would jump from like the slave ships into the sea Oh, even God. if it meant Yeah, that is so... Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. and it's a really powerful moving quote but also i think the scene is just so bittersweet because i think we as viewers know that t'challa if given the chance would most likely try to make a real difference not that his father didn't not that he didn't want to but i think he was so i think kind of consumed by the sphere of like what happ
unfortunately, as annoying as it is to admit, I think change is slow. And it, I think for Killmonger, that was a hard pill to swallow because I think he was kind of coming at it from this mindset of like, all right, we've suffered enough. We've suffered for so long. If we want actual change and like quick change, we got to be the ones to do it ourselves. And it's like, as nice as that sentiment is, unfortunately, I don't know that like it can happen as quickly as he, as you want it to happen. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just, this movie gives you a lot to think about. Like we said earlier, there's a lot of like really heavy themes and Mm. stuff um, and it touches on some really heavy topics, but um, I think the movie does a good job of balancing all these different things, like the humor, the heart, like the darkness and like grief and trauma and all these things. And it juggles it really well. Um, And it just, I don't know, it's just, it's a great movie and I don't think I'll ever stop singing its praises. No, same. I was like so surprised by because like, I had no idea what this movie was going to be like, and then watching it, it was just like it was an experience. Let me tell you, it was. Yeah, I mean, there are a handful of movies that like I want to go back and like relive Mike's or like re-experience watching them for mm, the first time. Same. And as far as the MC goes, this is one of them. No, I agree. Now let's talk a little bit about the aftermath and the post-credit scenes in this movie because like. Interesting stuff happens because now Nakia and T'Challa are back together, which I think is sweet because someone helped these idiotic dorks. They need help, literally. Um, But then we find out that Bucky is all better uh, and he's uh, and we knew he was in Wakanda, but now we know he's all better, which is nice to see, to be honest. Um, we know what happens because we watched Infinity War and we watched Endgame and we watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so we know he's all right for now. But uh, at this point, when we first watched this movie, we're like, "Oh my God, that's Bucky!" kind of thing, you know. It was pretty cool to see. <laughs> um, but now I want to focus on what we can expect from the sequel what we can expect from wakanda forever come on like it's 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 a couple of days away for us right so i'm super excited yeah. about it and i, I cannot think as wait. of our as of our posting this episode it will yeah. sequel will premiere officially two days but early access the day after yeah which is like crazy so what do you think we can expect? Because the trailers have all been super promising. I mean, the trailers have been amazing. And mm-hmm. from the reviews, it's going to be emotional. Um, oh I know a lot of like the early reviews talked about like the characters kind of dealing with grief, grief and, and loss. loss. And oh um, that I'm, I'm not, sure we're is not really going to like... No, I'm fully expecting like within like the opening minutes, just like sobbing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that's something that MCU has done really well in terms of just like kind of after these like big moments, mm. kind of just like really hitting you in the feels. And oh god, um, I didn't think that like after after Endgame, I was like, there's no way that they could possibly come out with anything that would have like the same emotional impact as like tony dying Mm -hmm. um but they have i mean like say whatever you want about black widow but like watching that movie even though it's like you know what happens to natasha you know 
like but oh my god but that movie was like brilliant actually the setup for that movie was actually brilliant i loved it yeah but it makes it that much more like bittersweet right like watching this kind of like backstory unfold and knowing that ultimately um you know he's gone you know what happens in yeah. game and yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that was really tough and then i mean again no like, way home so many killed like, us. no way home killed oh us. my god no i'm i mean no way home was like a very recent example but i remember as early as like um far from home i think they did this in i believe a lot of the trailers and it's a quote in the actual movie but i think like all the trailers before that movie came out they just kept playing that clip where um it's like peter looking up at this big mural of tony and then like in a voice there is everywhere i go i see his face and i'm like really guys you're not gonna let us breathe for like one second right oh my god yeah man Um, but um yeah, I mean, I think the MCU has always been really good about kind of like hitting you in the fields when you least expect it, sometimes when you do expect it. But given everything surrounding this film, especially in terms of like losing Chadwick, oh, and, God. you know, it, one, it, it's just as a person like that's, you know, he was taken much too soon. But also in terms yeah. of just like the work he did, it's like... um makes it that much harder yeah yeah Yeah, it's so bizarre to think we are now literally days away from the sequel and he won't be in it um but i mean i i think from what i have read and what i understand of like critic or like other reviews Mm -hmm. um it's there's it's all about of, like, honoring him and honoring yeah. what he brought to the character, which I'm exactly. so looking forward to see, but I'm sure I'm going to bawl my eyes out. We're going to be like a mess after. Yeah, I, I feel like the, like the not even like after like they're going to put that Marvel logo on. Oh, God. And, I've seen bits. Yeah. I've actually seen bits of it and it's going to hurt me already. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to yeah. hurt me. But oh yeah, my god, I'm also painful. it is, but I'm also looking forward to it because uh, I've heard such positive things about it. And guys, <laughs> that is our topics for topic for next week. We are going to be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever next week. So thank you for sticking with us this far this week. And we really appreciate every single one of you. And we will be back <laughs> next week with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Thank you guys. Thank you. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.